The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Sunday, May the 28th. It's uh, Game 7 Eve, we can say, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Here to discuss Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. And joining me to help me break it down, we'll recap Game 6 as well and dive into Game 7. But helping me to break it down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, NFL Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, bud? Eh, nothing much. I picked the right winner in Game 6, but Boston didn't win by enough. I had the minus 3, and they unfortunately choked away a 9-point lead. But before the series, when we previewed the series, both on the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Mothership Show, I did have Celtics in 7. Not the way I drew it up, not the way I thought it would go, but I had the Heat winning Game 1 and Boston to win the series, and I had Boston to win in 7. And right now, it's where I thought we were going to be, Game 7 back in Boston. We're going to break it down pretty, I'd say, in depth for what happened in Game 6. One of the crazier final minute spans I've ever seen in a basketball mm-hmm. game. Derek White, right place, right time, great play by him. Marcus Smart taking such a classic Marcus Smart shot. You also have the conspiracy going on with the clock and how they might have mysteriously added a couple extra seconds there, which mattered. But crazy game. I don't know how Miami even led with one with one second left because they they were lost the entire game and somehow yeah. ended up finding a way to take a lead. But Boston ended up getting the job done, and here we are. Yep, here we are, Game 7. We'll, we'll recap Game 6 here shortly, like Scott mentioned. But also joining us here to help us break it down, it's playoff Lante. Lante, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Yeah, man, doing good. Uh, ready to get into it. I know we'll get into the game. It was, it was a great game. Well, I guess they're ending, per se. But, um, yeah, man, looking forward to breaking it down and getting into this Game 7. So. Yeah, so Game 6 was in uh, Miami on Saturday night. The Boston Celtics were a three-point road favorite. Uh, Celtics eke out the victory with a putback um, by Derek White at the buzzer there to give the Celtics the 104-103 victory. Shouldn't have been that close, but we'll dive into what kind of transpired over the final uh, three to five minutes there. Um, but nonetheless, we are on to game seven to game six. Like we mentioned, 104-103 victory. Or sorry, yeah, what was it? 104, yeah, 104-103 for the Boston Celtics. Game stays under. Boston gets the straight-up victory, and the Heat do cover the plus-three spread uh, for game six. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off, man? Um Kind of getting into the fourth quarter, I guess we can say, where if I would have told you that Bam and Jimmy were combined, what was it, like seven of... Nine for 37. Yeah, nine for 30-something, that Boston would probably be up by, what, 15 points minimum at that point? Um, yeah, give or take. Yeah, they were up by 10 points, I think, with about a couple minutes left, and then... uh Jimmy Butler just flipped the switch in that final couple minutes there where he was just absolutely atrocious in the first three and a half quarters. But uh, he got fouled, hit all three free throws, gave the Heat a one-point lead, and then we saw what happened with the Marcus Smart uh, fadeaway three-point shot, like Scott mentioned. And Derek White, um, just a heads-up high basketball IQ play, puts it back in for the victory. But Scott, uh, takeaways from game six. Uh, My main takeaways, Boston still can't close. Uh, the way that I look at it, and you mentioned the high IQ play, I've been pushing for Derek White to play in crunch time for the last several months, and now we know why. Because he not only had the, I'd say, presence of mind to actually crash the glass for the board, but initially he actually went to the three-point line. So he was threatening several things. He was supposed to be the backup read if Tatum was going to get doubled and if Smart maybe looked his way, he was open. He saw Smart was going to chuck it. Good guess. You're assuming Smart's going to chuck it whenever he gets the ball in the situation. And he immediately darted to the rim, and he mm-hmm. ended up getting a putback layup there. I'm not going to blame Struess for it either. I know people are going to criticize Struess for uh, losing track of his man. 
His role is also to try to help out on Tatum on any switches. So I felt like it was just a spot where Miami was going to force anybody but Tatum to beat them. They doubled Tatum. Smart got the ball. People, I think they were shocked that Smart went so quickly. He had three seconds left and just heaved it. And as a result, you had an extra guy going for a rebound. So Struz is going to get blamed a lot for what happened. In reality, though, your main goal in that situation, for the most part, make them miss one shot. If they miss one shot, you probably win the game. And yeah. unfortunately, they got a perfect rebound that bounced directly into the right spot to Derek White. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. As for the actual game breakdown, the first thing I said is Boston can't close. Boston is one game away from the NBA Finals, and they might be the worst late-game execution team I've ever seen. And they are one game away from the NBA Finals. It actually does not make any sense how this team can be so bad at basic fundamental stuff in the final couple minutes of every game, and they're one game away from the NBA Finals. So, once again, Miami had them where they wanted, down 10, because that's the only way they win games, when they trail by 10 points, and they yeah. let Boston try to close it out. Miami went to a zone once again, and Boston had no clue what they were doing in the final couple minutes. They couldn't score. I thought the game was over when Smart had the and one, and they were up by roughly 9 or 10 with about 4.50 to go, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Bowler couldn't hit a shot. Then he hit that big three-pointer. He started yep. going to the line. I thought Boston really did a bad job of containing him. Mm -hmm. Butler was also kind of flopping into some contact because he knows he couldn't hit a shot. But then he hit a big three-pointer. Robinson had a couple of big shots to actually keep them in striking distance early in the fourth quarter. And then just a bunch of lazy plays by Boston, whether it involved bad offensive execution, missed jump shots. What, they go like seven for 35 from three? It was yeah. something disgusting. They couldn't hit a three-pointer. But they gave up an offensive rebound to Caleb Martin off a missed free throw, which led to a wide-open Duncan Robinson three, which he totally bricked. But the point yeah. is, you that's such an easy mistake to correct where you just have to box out. A like a, I know Martin had 15 rebounds. He was great in the game. But Boston does the bare minimum to win every game in the fourth quarter. And it's really just the story. It feels like Boston, once again, on paper, is the much more talented team. It's obvious. Butler and Adebayo could not hit a shot to save their lives. And Miami led by one point with less than a second to go. Boston just can't close. And I know people are going to roast Spolstra. They're going to roast Butler. And they're going to praise Missoula and Boston for making the comeback. The truth is, I, I don't even know what I can really say for Spolstra in terms of criticizing him. What's he supposed to do? You look at this talent. Like, do they have much? Bowler and Bam no. no show a game, and they're up by one with a shot to go to the finals. I'm not going to blame Spolster for what's going on. Yeah, I mean, look, if you take a look, if we're comparing it from on paper to paper, it's a night and day difference. The talent that the Boston Celtics have on their team. I mean, you talked about it, right? It's a two seed um, versus an eight seed. It is, and you know, with for the for the Miami Heat, it's it's Jimmy Butler, who has been inconsistent. I guess we could say at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, but um, their role players have stepped up. We talked about Kalen Martin at volumes, Gabe Vincent at volumes. Um, you're still kind of waiting for that Max Schuess game, but he hasn't really stepped up either. So, you know, like you mentioned, it is an eight seed. Uh, taking the number two seed to a seven game or game seven. I think you got to give credit to the Boston Celtics for not laying down and giving up. Um, and we're on to game seven, but there was a, I mean, look, there was a couple we'll, we'll get into it in a second here as well, but there were some questionable calls. I think that went against the Miami heat. I think one was the defensive foul call on Duncan Robinson. Uh, that they called when he was guarding Marcus Smart. Well, the big call the, was the goaltending and one and the technical goal foul. I mean, yeah, that, that was yeah. the big play, not to mention the review. I don't think it was a double dribble on Butler. You no, can argue that maybe the foul came before the shot, which was a yeah. separate argument. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how the clock went from like 2.1 or 2.5 back to three seconds. I don't know yeah. how that worked. Yeah. I thought it was 2.5 when I watched that live and instead right. it was three. So yeah. that was another controversy there involving the Celtics. But... Once again, just to go back to the Spolstra and Missoula thing, I'm going to ask you, because I know Missoula kept the team together. They could have imploded. Apparently, Top Golf was the secret to getting the team back on track. I don't know if you heard the story or not. They blew off not. a film session down 3 nothing to go play Top Golf, and that apparently uh, helped bring the team back together in terms of chemistry. True story. I saw that on Twitter today. But anyway, mm. point is, I'll ask you, because I said the same thing going into Game 6. Has Missoula made any adjustments? 
or is Boston just playing better? Because I, I can't really point to anything in particular that Missoula's done that was a night and day difference from the first three games of the series. It just seems like Miami's missing more shots and Boston's yeah. making more shots. Yeah. And Tatum's been extremely consistent the last three games. Yeah, so games three and four, they made their three-point shots or did the Boston Celtics. I think that was really what the difference was. Or Sorry, games uh, four and five. Um, and then game six, we saw what happened uh, yesterday. I think that's been the difference. But he, at least for me, he's actually calling the timeouts now. Um, and he's not, you know, saving them to, I don't know, take to him, take with him on, on, a, on a vacation. But Spolster was the one who didn't call a timeout. Yeah, and now Spolster was the one. So, again, it's, it's kind of been... I think the talent, like you've mentioned this over the past several games, Scott, that the talent started to wear on the Miami Heat here a little bit. Um, but again, give him credit for fighting back last night. Uh, before we do get Delonte's thoughts here, uh, let me get uh, the bills paid here and tell everyone about Edge Boost. Have you signed up for Edge Boost yet? If, you're, if not, you're missing out. Edge Boost is world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, uh, pay later programs. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account. Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up 2,500 in advances, up to 2,500 you can add to your bankroll. Uh, we'll get to our Edge Boost double down play of the day so make sure to go to sports slash edge to sign up today that's sports slash edge must be 20 years or older to use only valid in legal gambling states problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER uh Delante, give us your thoughts man uh game six i think you were on boston if i'm not mistaken but what were your thoughts on uh game six now into we're heading into game seven yeah, I was. Um, fortunately, I played uh, more on the money line than the actual spread. But yeah, I mean, I thought that, that Boston is they they're just so inconsistent down the stretch, and some of the things that they were doing offensively um, just wasn't working. The bad shots, Scott mentioned, they were exactly seven of thirty-five from deep. That's their lowest percentage, and their make their Marys on the season. The lowest they made all year was nine. Um, and Smart and White actually made all of those threes. Nobody else made a three other than those two guys. So I know Smart was um, on fire from three to start the game, and yeah. the rest of Boston was like one for, I forgot what it was, like 12 to start the game from three. Yeah, so Smart made four, and um, and White, White made, made three. three. Yeah. yeah, so nobody else made one. I think Tatum was 0 for 8. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Brown was 0 for 4. Uh, and before, I mean, to add on to your late game, before that white tipping in the last field goal was with about five minutes to go, if I'm not mistaken, for Boston. So, yeah, I mean, they seem like they got a little bit tight down uh, down the stretch. But then again, I mean, if you remember, Derek White had hit a three to kind of shift the momentum back to their side. Um, I thought they did a good job defensively, which is really what's won them in the last three games is defensively what they've been doing. Uh, a couple of things that I saw that Missoula did well, something small, he was posting up smart more, using smart as uh, in the post as a facilitator so he can get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to the, to the rim more so they can have more space. He's also putting Jason Tatum in the middle of the floor so the doubles, he can actually see the doubles coming and get it out of his hands faster, which led to some of those smart threes. I think that's some small adjustments and when I've added about the timeout. So I thought he did a good job with the timeout calling and um, – yeah, I mean, Boston is just – they've been like this all year. Uh, it's hard to get a gauge on them. I thought defensively where they made their hey, they did a great job on, on Butler. Uh, specifically, Derek White as the primary defender, he was uh, 0 of 6. He held Jimmy to 0 for 6 and held other Miami players to 1 of 12 um, on contested shots. That was per ESPN. So I thought he did a good job. Uh, and they didn't turn the ball over. Uh, well, they get, didn't get many points off turnovers. Uh, Miami had 11 points off turnovers, which was the lowest in the series. Uh, they had been averaging about 17 to 18 points off turnovers throughout the series. So that was a big get for them. And, uh, I mean, Boston lost the game like three or four different times. And, I mean, the they should have won the game three or four different times, too. So, right. so I mean, out, Smart yeah. missed a free throw. Brown missed a free throw to kind of ice it. I think it would have been up four with the Brown free throw. And then they would have been up three, which would have made that Butler three a tie instead of um, yeah. instead of mm -hmm. going up yeah. one. And then yeah. the Horford foul was horrible. And if you remember before, the when Jimmy hit the three 
after that on the screen and roll, both guys go with the screener for no reason and leave Jimmy like a line drive to the basket and he gets an yeah. one. So like not to mention the Robinson missed wide open three in transition. I already mentioned the offensive rebound off the free throw. Yeah. Boston really does the hor- does a really just a bad job at the little things, especially in crunch time. Yeah, so I thought that I mean I thought that was more just like lapses, but I saw them fight back when Miami went on that run late and I mean, I like I like to see that whenever they responded. Uh, I mean, Derek White hit a three. They did. They weren't selling for threes. They did shoot. I mean, they shot thirty five and some of those bad shots. But in like the positions that they needed to get a basket, they were going to the right. You mentioned Marcus Smart's and one. I think Jalen Brown got a putback. Um, they got a steal off of. Uh, I want to say it was a Gabe Vincent uh, kick out at uh, Jalen Brown stole. He got yeah. and one. So they were continue. They were constantly attacking, which I love to see, and not settling for a jump shots. But overall, I, mean, I think Boston just they, they struggle putting putting the games the game away. And uh, I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt them in this series. But going forward, I think that's something they got to fix. Um, outside of that, man, great game. Uh, I thought that you know Jimmy Bam, they just didn't have it. Uh, most of that was due to the defense that they were playing uh, as far as Boston, but they had a chance to win it. Um, that Boston was trying to give it away to them. They didn't do it, but that's why we're at game seven. Yeah, I do want to address one thing quickly, <clears throat> just for a second. Yeah. Off. yeah, go ahead. I acknowledge that Missoula has made a couple of small adjustments in there, mm-hmm. but I feel like the main issues that we've had with Missoula, which is why I'm still kind of criticizing him despite coming back from 3 nothing down, the issues are still there. This team right. still puts Tatum on the bench to start the fourth quarter, and they always yeah, give up that. a run to start the fourth quarter every that. time. It never yeah. it never stops. They just keep putting Tatum on the bench, and Miami goes on a run. And then, once again, they can't solve a zone defense late in games. And I don't know how many times un- until the coach makes an adjustment, or maybe it's only the players, which I doubt, they're playing with the four corners offense in the final five minutes of every game. They're just trying to stall the clock out, and they can't score. Late in games, it's. It, I know that the players need to do a better job of executing, but for the entire season, it looks like Boston has no game plan or whatever works. You mentioned Marcus Smart in the post. Mm-hmm. That when was the last time they did a post up for Marcus Smart in the post? Second quarter. Yeah, they just went away well, with it. Early yeah. on in the first half, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. it worked, and this, and they never used it again. Yeah. I, I feel like Boston has that issue all the time. They find some wrinkle that works. And then they just forget about it. They just go away from it. They never use it again. But I got to keep criticizing Missoula to some degree because even though they won, they can't stop blowing leads. Yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. third game in the series. They've blown a double-digit lead. Like I got to criticize the coaching because I know that you can say he's made some adjustments here and there. And I will give him credit for keeping the team mentally engaged in the series after they punted game three. I will give him credit for that. But from an X's and O's perspective, late in games, he's an abysmal fourth quarter coach. Yeah, but I mean, they had the same problem with Udoka too, which is why they didn't win Correct. the ring. I wasn't a big Udoka guy either, but yeah, but I mean, I mean, but he's more <laughs> he's more widely <laughs> respected as a quote unquote good coach than Missoula is. But they had the same exact problems all year long. Um, I mean, they didn't come on until the end of the. And like the All Star break for the power rating kind of shot up. So also the Knicks I think, on that Baron yeah. buzzer beater, and then after that, right. the Celtics won nuts. Right, and yeah. I think that I think that has a lot to do with the players' mentality. I don't think I mean coaches do have a lot to do with it, but for that to be content, a continuing, you know, a reoccurring thing from coach to coach. I mean, that's something that's in that team's DNA. Um, I don't know if I don't know who can get it out of them, but I mean, Missoula is doing a, a better job. I guess now since they've been uh, on this little game winning streak, but yeah, I, mean, I think it's kind of overblown. I thought he got too much of the blame. I, I think he's probably getting too much credit right now. I mean, you I know, still blame the in- players for most of what happens yeah. in general because I I do think the players are going to have to make the plays no matter what. The coach can only get you so far, and Spolster's proven that on the other end because I don't know what else Spolster's trying to do when his two best players can't a shot for three and a half quarters. But yeah. But if that was, no, but if that yeah. was, if the roles were reversed, that was Tatum and Brown that couldn't hit a shot. Everybody would be blaming Missoula, not Tatum and Brown. You get what Correct. I'm saying? So, but, that, I, but that's just that's was a, the respect that Eric Spoelstra has as a coach. I was blaming the players a lot for the Philly series because I wasn't sure what Missoula was supposed to do when Tatum was really no showing some fourth quarters, and they just ended up losing a couple of games they should have won. But that doesn't change the fact that it does feel like Missoula, even though once again X's and O's. 
Maybe in the first half he makes some adjustments or maybe something works. But in the fourth quarter, it's the same stall tactic offense we've seen for five months, and it doesn't work. There's been no changes whatsoever in any game planning. And even with the timeout, I don't know what the game plan was. I don't know what the play call was. I can guarantee you it was not Marcus Smart chucking up a fadeaway 30-footer. So the play probably didn't work. So I'm just saying, like, I I do think... Wait, I'll, sorry, I'll let, you, I'll let you make your point. Well, so in the in the presser, um, Spolstra said the original defense was to not, let, of course, not let Tatum get the ball. Yeah. So if you notice, Struth is playing. He's not playing that. He's not playing white. Like he's guarding. He's essentially guarding safety. actions. Yeah. Yeah. He's guarding the actions playing safety. Yeah. So when Tatum is coming out to get the ball at the top of the key, he slides in and cuts that off. So I guess that was the first read. Now this is how Spolster's reading it, not what Missoula drew up. But he was saying that was originally the first read. And then if you if you watch and see Jalen come off a pin down, that was the second read. That wasn't there. So Smart was actually the third read, and he said. A uh, quote from him was saying that he shot the ball that soon because you remember, um, I remember I forgot what game he hit the game winner, but it was too late. Yeah, yeah, so that, he was, was, that was the fill again. That was game four. Yeah, so he was saying he didn't want that to happen again, so he wanted to go ahead and get it off the and get the shot off, and you know whatever happens happens. He almost ends up hitting it, but I thought that I mean it was I mean you can't really tell what the play actually was. I'm just going off of what because yeah, Miami blew it up. I'm just saying the yeah. idea was to get Tatum the ball, but if you look at what the actual action was. It was just a simple screen for Tatum on the wing. Like it seemed like the pr- a pretty simplistic defensive coverage to stop it. It didn't really seem yeah. like it was that complicated of a play. Yeah, but once again, good for Boston. They won the game. We got a game seven. But I, I got to at least leave some of the criticism out here. Or it bothers me how Missoula now has gone from completely bad coach to genius coach, according to some social media people. Solely yeah, because we're at game though. seven right now. Yeah, no, and no. once again, the same issues have been there the entire season. And whether it's the players or the coaches, Missoula does look like he kind of freezes with his team in late game situations. Do we agree yeah, on that? I agree. Well, yeah. Say he, well, Jalen um, in the TNT interview was saying that he's poised and he gives him confidence and he's always calm. So, I mean, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they believe in him a little bit more than they did um, a week ago. I will say yeah. this. No matter what happens in Game 7, I think Missoula did enough to save his job. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, when you're down in a 3-0 deficit and you come all the way back to at least force a Game 7, depending on what the result is. I, I think yeah, even if they lost yesterday, he would have kept his job. Personally. Yeah, I think so, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, before we get into the Game 7 uh, betting picks here, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. And not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. So go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over, so make sure to take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. All right, guys, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals goes off on Monday night. And as of right now, the Lions are currently uh, sitting in favor of the home team, the Boston Celtics, are a seven and a half point home favorite. Total is at two oh three and a half. What a move um, on both yeah. sides in the total. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it opened up where out two oh eight for the total. If I'm not mistaken, two eight and a half. I saw I, I saw two oh eight was like a BS teaser line. Okay, like like that's where it opened, and like one bet came in and immediately plummeted. I think it mostly opened a market wide at like two oh six. Okay, yeah, I got two. I got two oh six and a half on. on okay. Open. All right. Um, so obviously money is coming in on the under. Traditionally, we've seen game sevens go towards the under. Um, and the spread. It was nine initially. Yeah, nine. I think I, I saw an eight and a half. And I think I saw a nine as well. I think it was on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. That opened up at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are. Uh, 
I don't want to say that we can forget about what's happened in the first six games um, because the momentum is on the Boston Celtics side here, but it just comes down to now 48 minutes. You win, you go to the NBA Finals to play the Denver Nuggets. Um, Delonte, lead us off. We'll start with the spread here. Minus seven and a half in favor of the Boston Celtics. Which way are you going with the spread? Yeah, man, I'm on Boston. They won me my money back from getting throttled in the first three games, so I, I got to come out on top uh, with the Celtics here. Wait, did they make you money in Game Six? Did you have the money line or the spread? Yeah, I, well, you know, I came out, I came out uh, a little bit on the positive side. I played the money, I played more in the money line than I did the minus. Okay, three. I'm just making sure here. Okay, cool. yeah, slight, slight positive, slight positive uh, game right there. Uh, Austin's five and one in Game Sevens with Jason and, and Jalen, so um, they've been in one last last series. We saw Tatum put up fifty one. Um, I thought they did some good things, especially with defensively. I mean, what they've done defensively has just been more impressive. And I thought that the whole time, the reason why they've been struggling was not because of their offense. It was just simply because of their defense. Um, they they basically have held um, – let me see. Let me, get, let me get the number right so I can make sure that we're doing this right. So – they started off 0-3 in the first three games. Miami was 1.25 points per position. They're averaging the 120 last, plus points per game. Right. In the last three games, in the last three games, um, they're averaging uh, they've only scored about over one point per, over one points per possession in uh game three. That's the only game that they scored over one point per one points per possession. So the defense is there, they're locked in. Um, I feel like they'll shoot better at home. Um they hit Brogdon back. I'm assuming. Has anybody heard anything about Brogdon? So, last I saw, uh, Brogdon is questionable, and then also Gabe Vincent is questionable. So, uh, right. I was not shocked to see Brogdon sit in game six. Maybe he right. does go in game seven, but this uh, injury that they are talking about sounds, I mean, it's it's pretty serious for it a. It sounds like a, a surgery type of injury. Yeah, for right. surgery, I think especially for a basketball player, because I think it's a shooting yeah. arm. Yeah, hand, I think that I was. Say. Yeah, I think that was what was affecting his shot, which is yeah. like. But uh, I mean, if he plays, I think he gives them just a, a little bit more respectable. I don't know if he can. Sh- I don't know if he can make a ton of shots, but all he has to do is make a few to be respectable. Um, defensively, I think he'll be an upgrade to give some of those other guys rest. Um, Boston shot the ball better from deep uh, as well as defend the three wheel. Um, the pick and roll switches, like we mentioned, it has been an issue. Uh, they've been bad on that running into each other, giving wide open looks. They got to limit the wide open looks from three because Vincent Struess and uh, Martin are all going to make you pay. Uh, they shot 37, Boston shot 37.6% from three this season and 37.8% at home. So, so far in the series, they're shooting 34% from deep at home. Um, and, you know, Miami's shooting 42% on the road. So I'm guessing that has to balance out some way or another. And with the intensity that Boston's playing with defensively, I think they'll, I think they'll do that. Um, another thing that's probably on Miami's side that I, I was looking into was home court. So Matt uh, Matt Moore, uh, I forgot his, his Twitter handle, but he's uh, on Athletic. Uh, he tweeted out uh, since 03, home teams are 44 and 21 straight up uh, in game sevens. And if you want to, you know, simple it up into a smaller sample size because you know the games changed from 2003. So home teams in the last three years. You know, they're three and five straight up in game sevens. So home court doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, I think in this case, with how Miami lost, uh, I'm not sure if they'll be able to rebound and pick it up to uh, beat Boston. So I like Boston a lot. Scott? For me, I'm taking Miami. I tweeted out as soon as the line opened, if you take Boston minus nine, you're a psychopath. Because I don't know how the hell you're supposed to take minus nine uh, after what just happened in game six. The argument that most people have for Boston, and this would be the argument of why people would have taken the nine or the seven and a half, Miami's going to roll over and die because they were half a second away from making it to the NBA Finals. They're blowing a 3 nothing lead. They don't have much talent, and Boston's going to bury them. I don't trust this Boston team. No. Simply play. This ball, the series itself has played out the exact way that I thought it would if you hit the randomizer button on the games. If you ignore the 3 nothing start and the 3 nothing comeback, I said Boston and Miami were going to seven. Miami was going to be the much better coach team. They were going to win the close games, but Boston laps them on paper in terms of talent, and it would balance out, and Boston would probably win in seven because talent reigns supreme. That's exactly what's happened in this series. Now, I'm taking Miami because Boston, no matter how many times they're up double digits, they're going to blow it. 
They're going to yeah. blow it. It's going to be a one-possession game, and at some point, somebody's going to have to make a shot for Boston down the stretch, and I don't trust anybody to do it. So I'm on Miami. I got him. I personally like him at minus at a plus eight. I took the eight. I'm not surprised more money's coming in on Miami. But you're looking at the games Boston has won in the series, and they blew him out in game four. Nice win there. Game five, they were winning the entire game. Almost blew the cover, and then Hauser hit a 35-footer in the final minute to cover to, to clinch the cover, and then yeah. you had whatever that was yesterday. But I guess my question is for you, do you can you really lay three possessions with a team when it's probably going to be race to 100 in this game wins since the total is yeah. 203 and a half? Yeah. So you're expecting a rock fight, and one team can't close. I'm not laying three possessions with a team that cannot close games with a double-digit lead. I think Miami finds a way. I'm taking the heat. Yeah, I like the heat on the spread here as well. Um, again, it's it's a lot of points here. And again, I, like Scott mentioned, it's going to be a rock fight. I think that Jimmy Butler has to be better and will be better. I think he found something in those final couple minutes there. Yeah, he kept going to the rim. Yeah, the biggest. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he was going to the rim as well during the game, but he just wasn't able to knock them down. I think they're they, they were like what like nine of forty or nine of forty one inside yeah. the paint. He missed a couple uh, as well. He started flailing more into the contact to get to the foul line because he knew yeah. he couldn't hit a layup and it was working they shot, out. They shot thirty percent. They shot thirty percent on twos. Yeah, yeah, That's not good. So, yeah, 16 and so fifty two in the paint. Yeah, so you should see some positive regression there. Uh, for the Miami Heat. But again, you got to give a lot of credit to the interior defense uh, for the Boston Celtics for what they were to in game six, especially with Robert Williams and uh, Al Horford, who had that Horford big block shot yeah, uh, against Bam. Um, but not sure what you're going to get out of Bam, but I think Jimmy Butler definitely will uh, find or, you know, he will be good in game seven. Um, and it's it's just a big question mark after that who's going to step up. I know Caleb Martin has been very consistent. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I know he's dealing with an ankle injury, so that might be hindering his performance a little bit. But I thought somebody, he was okay in Game Six. Yeah, the yeah, efficiency he wasn't, wasn't there, but he was fine. Sure. Robinson yeah. was well, Vincent for the most part. Gabe yeah, Vincent, Vincent was fine. I thought Vincent yeah. was fine. So I think they're going to have to have somebody, you know, just just step up and again provide that scoring power. But I think Bam just has to be better in game seven if he wants Miami to win the game here. But um again, definitely shop around. I think consensus right now is seven and a half. You may be able to find a rogue eight out there somewhere, but um I am on the Miami Heat on the spread here as well. Um Scott, you're fully expecting Boston to win this game, right? Because you do have Boston in seven. For me, I'm still going with Boston. I, I do think they're going to find a way. It kind of reminds me exactly of what I think happened last year, which mm-hmm. is Miami with a one possession game shot to maybe win the series, and they miss. That's kind of what I'm expecting. I think Boston sneaks it out. But I will say this, and I said this on my YouTube video this morning where where I took the Heat plus eight. If Miami wins this game and they pull it off, they win game seven on the road, I will be significantly less surprised than most of the other people who follow basketball because I know what Boston is capable of in terms of punting this golden opportunity. And even though you can really be annoyed by the empty promises of Butler and Spolstra saying we're going to win this game, we want to play game seven right now, all the stuff you're supposed to say after losing. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to come out and say, oh, we're going to lose? I mean, come on. The thing is, though, (laughs) you're looking at those two guys and you're like, you know what? I I think you can hang in there. Once again, yeah. you don't have to win. You just have yeah. to not get buried. I think Miami yeah. can hang can hang around. I think they're going to lose the game. But if they pull it off, I will not be totally shocked because, once again, Boston is this bad in late games. And it was shocking Miami almost won game six. Miami has to get off to a good start if they want a chance in this game because in the all three last games, I think they've been trailing by almost double digits. With they just first get down quarter. 10 points early, actually, because that's how they win. And then they channel their powers afterwards. <laughs> they give themselves more time to come back, you know? Yeah. So I, I, get blitzed, though. I, I, well, I know where you're. We, yeah. We, I mean, we know you're all over Boston. So like, yeah, yeah, I, think sporting pass. I, like, I yeah. understand the points. Miami can't score. Yeah, it's it's yeah. simple as that. They were shooting lights out from three for the first three games in the series, and I know that I picked Miami anyway. Vin- Vincent has been an X-factor for this team. I can't even call Martin an X-factor anymore because he's arguably the third best player in the entire series. Like I don't even know how to describe what's going on with Martin right now. So he's not even an X-factor anymore. He's just yeah, he's the not. He's second just, best yeah. player on the team yeah. at this point in time. Yeah. Vincent's the main X-factor for Miami because we saw how bad they looked offensively in game five without him. 
Mm-hmm. Even his presence just means a lot for spacing purposes. And Robinson missed a couple of late shots. Hopefully that doesn't linger over in game seven. I get the argument. The argument is Miami can't score. I, I, I get it. But once again, in a rock fight game with a total of 203 and a half, I'm assuming we're all leaning to the under because it's a yeah. game seven. So yeah. I'm assuming we're going to lean to the under. Mm-hmm. That means each individual point is more valuable on the spread yeah. because yeah. you're expecting fewer points in the game. So in a rock fight, I'm taking three possessions. I'm taking Miami. Yeah, it could end uh, up like what yeah, happened with. Uh, it could end up like what happened with um, Boston and Philly. It could be competitive yeah, at yeah, first. You think, my, you think Boston just flattens them? Yeah, we, yeah. Well, I think it could be good for two and a half, three quarters, and they pull away. Just similar to what we saw with Philadelphia, because that was pretty close starting off, right? And then Boston just kind of hit their shot. One quarter. Away. Philly scored what, like seven points, nine points. What was the, the, what was the start of half? Only like six, six or seven. Boston was a four, I, th- I think, at halftime. They went on a yeah, run yeah, there so, to go up four, and then yeah, Philly so scored quarters. like seven points in the into eight right, points so in the I, entire I, uh, third quarter. Yeah, so it, I, I was basically just saying that because of the low total, and that total was I think lower than this, if I'm not mistaken, because we both it was two o two. I think mm-hmm. it, yeah. or it was two o two or two o. Yeah, it went it went under by a hook. Yeah, so similar to similar like games like game style and pace, think that Boston still get margin while also playing good defense. Um, I guess that would be my rebuttal to what you guys are saying. But I mean, I'm not opposed to anybody taking Miami. I don't think you guys are idiots or anything. So, and you're yeah. also assuming Boston's not going to shoot seven of thirty-five from three. Like you can argue regression or positive regression is going to apply to both teams because Bam and Butler can't be that bad from the floor again. On the other hand, somebody besides White and Smart's going to hit a three-pointer. Yeah, so and that's what I'm it's going to balance that's- out. Right. But I, I just think that these teams are – it's just funny how everything has kind of worked out the way that I thought in terms of what I thought we would see over the six-game span of talent versus coaching and how Miami can find ways that don't even make quantifiable sense of making games competitive. I see that happening here. I just think they find a way to hang around. Boston opens up a lead. You look up with six minutes to go. Boston's up nine. And you're like, all right, game's over. And then it's a one-possession game with a minute to go. That's kind of how I see it going. But do you see yeah. it the same way, Manoff? Yeah, I think I think this is definitely going to come down to those final couple minutes. Um, I think something similar to what we saw in, in Game 6, I really do think it's going to be a great game. Um, but for me, yeah, I think Miami just has to get off to a good start. They've been trailing, like I mentioned, it, within the first quarter in the last, I think, three games where they've gotten down at least multiple possessions for sure. So um, I think we're all in agreement about the total so I don't want to expand too much on it. Uh, do you guys have anything else for the total? Delonte, anything else for the total? I'm assuming nah, he's all a, over Miami team total under. Nah, see, I don't want to put too much on, on the game flow. And then because if it goes the wrong way, like if both teams come out and they're like scorching, then I could get like buried, even if I yeah. even if I like the Celtics. Because all it takes is, you know, a big quarter from three for uh, for both of these teams. And we saw it. We saw it in game one where they were just hitting everything, both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami shot 40 plus percent from deep three times or four times in the playoffs, and three of those came in this series. So, what are the odds of them doing it, you know, a second time or coming close to to 40 again? I mean, I'm worried that they might just like Jimmy's leg look gone, like he didn't have lift um, at all. I know some Miami Heat beat reporters were saying it didn't look like he had a lot of the lift to to finish at the rim, and some shots were falling short. So, I'm worried that some of those guys. In, in a big game like this, I mean, Strews, did those guys play in uh, the game set last year? I would have to look it up. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think they did. So I mean, this is this is like a high intense. I'm sorry. What, what was the question? Did Strews and um, Vincent play in the game seven last year against Boston? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember them playing a lot. Strews, I believe, did. I don't believe Vincent. Because I remember Oladipo. I remember Oladipo playing, and I and was Hero was there, starting obviously. back then. Like Strews had to have played in game seven. Like I, 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 I don't think he's probably coming did, off the but... bench. Yeah, I don't know because Strews had yeah. a couple of but big my... three pointer games earlier yeah. in that series. Yeah, well, essentially, essentially, my my thing is they are playing a bigger role now. They're more relied on now yeah. than they were in that game seven. So, I mean, what are the odds of those guys? Even K. Martin. I mean, he wasn't there last year. So, what are the odds of those guys? You know, coming out being a little bit tight, and all it takes is just a little bit margin of error for Boston to blow it open. I mean, those guys are going to be like amped up they got all the momentum in the world they're playing at home in front of one of the better home courts all year and in the nba history so 
I mean, they can't make it a close game because if it's if it's close in the end, I think Miami's going to win. So they got to keep it out of that, you know, four or five point range with five minutes to go. Because by the, by the way, I, I pulled it up uh, for Game Seven last year. I was right about Struess. He started. He played thirty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Vincent played fifteen minutes off the bench. Okay. okay. And what, what was right. what did Struess perform well? No, uh, he was plus four and plus minus, but he had eight points, eight rebounds, three of ten shooting, two of seven from three. Okay, that's what I thought. thought so. All right, let's get over to player props here, guys. Um, Scott, lead us off player props. What are you looking at? I'm on Butler over for points. I thought about triple-double because even though he couldn't shoot to save his life last game, he still almost had a triple-double. The problem I have with that is I, once again, am skeptical of how many of Miami supporting cast members actually show up for this game. Mm. But Butler in game seven last year, do you want to guess how many minutes he played? All last year, game seven, all 48. That is correct. He played all 48 yeah, minutes. He had to. And even, had to. even with a bad shooting game in game six, he still finished with 24 points because he went to the line 14 times. So yeah. I'm on Butler over. he played 47 minutes to, yesterday, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. He played like yeah. 47 or 46. I, I got to be on Butler overs. You can argue about injury or maybe that he's battling something or he's not like coming off the floor. Simply yeah. put, he's going to yeah. play every minute of this game. Yeah. And with Boston, I'd say paint defense, which was really good in game six, but also let Butler get a lot of blow buys in the final minute or two of, regu- mm. of regulation. Maybe Butler found something. Like, well, we're going to find out. But Butler hit a three-pointer. He saw one go through the hoop. Maybe that'll help him out. But 28.5 seems a bit high for a guy that has been struggling a bit lately with his actual efficiency. But when you look at the volume he's supposed to get, he's going to take 20-something shots in this game. Yeah, Probably more, not to mention double-digit free throws. Miami has to play through him every time. And Boston refuses to double him. Because once again, I guess the argument is we're just going to let Jimmy tire himself out. We'll keep an eye on everybody else and we'll see what happens from there. And since they keep winning, they're not going to change their game plan. I'm on Butler over. I think he's going to shoot the ball so many times he's going to have to go over 28 and a half. I'm on his over. I thought about maybe triple double, but the assists really scare me there because Butler might just look at his teammates and go, I'm going to do this myself. Mm -hmm. Like I don't trust any of you guys besides Martin. So I'm going to do it myself. The other problem I'm looking at, for Miami, which is going to sound a bit contrarian because he's, he's going to play a bunch of minutes too. I'm on Bam under. I have okay. no faith in Bam scoring in game seven at all. What is it? Is it's it like 16 and a half. And a half. 16 and a like half. 16 and a half, 17 and a half. Horford's owned him, just simply put. He went, what, 4 of 16 last game? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Something that, that, that wasn't that even good. close. That like block Horford, of Horford has, was crazy. Horford yeah. has absolutely destroyed him in the last three games of the series. And from what I've seen from Bam in the past, I know he had a triple-double in that Milwaukee closeout game. But historically speaking, in big, big games, I've wanted to see more from Bam. Let's put it that way. I think he's in a struggle, and I think that uh, as a result, he's going to go under. I like the over for rebounds, though, for Butler and for Bam. I think it's going to be a rock fight. Yeah. So if you're going by volume, I'll take the over on rebounds for Bam, Butler, probably Martin, too, because he had 15 rebounds in last in the last game. But I'm expecting a rock fight. So I'm on the over for Butler, and I'm on a lot of unders. I'm on the Horford under for Boston. He's going to spend so much energy on defense, he's never going to shoot the ball. So I can definitely see him having a good defensive game once again. Tatum rebounds I'm going to be on. Points I'm probably going to stay away from Tatum because I do think Miami's got to throw something at him because yeah. they can't keep letting him walk into 30. They're going to have to mm-hmm. force somebody else to make some shots. Derek White over, probably on threes. Can I see Grant Williams having a game seven? Maybe, but I don't really know. The point is, there's a lot of players who I'm kind of on the fence about, but I'm on the over for Butler solely because of volume, and I like the over for rebounds for a lot of players because I'm expecting a really ugly basketball game. Yeah, I wasn't looking at a lot of points props in this game. I was really looking at either steals and blocks, uh, defensive uh, props, and then rebounding props. So uh, you mentioned the BAM one. That's at 9.5. I would probably ladder that up to around 13 uh, for BAM. Jimmy Butler, uh, those are the two guys that are going to play a minimum, I think, 45, 46 minutes. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if Jimmy plays all 48 minutes like he did last year. He played 47 in game six. So I don't and think Bam he's going to be coming like off one foul in the entire game six? I think so. Um, so he finished up with, I think, what, he had 13 rebounds last night? It was, yeah, he had 11, uh, he had like 11, 11 and 13 on 4 yeah. of 16 yeah. shooting, but he had 13 yeah. rebounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he didn't have any fouls last night, did Bam. Um, Damn. 
Yeah. So, and then Gabe Vincent played 41 minutes. Caleb Martin played 41 and then Jimmy Butler played 47. So at least for uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam, I'm looking at their overs on their rebounds. Uh, Jimmy Butler, if you don't want to go the triple double, uh, double doubles around plus 160. Um, I can get behind that. I think they're going to have to do Again, I mentioned this when we talked about game six, that they're going to have to do a good job of rebounding. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those games where, again, we're expecting rock five. The total is low for a reason. Uh, I'm on those two guys. Derek White. I agree about three-point shots there, uh, Scott, but I'm also going to be looking at his steals and blocks to go over two and a half. That's at plus 150. Um, I think he's gone over this projection, I think, in four of the six games or in the five out of the six games in the series thus far. I didn't realize he had three blocks last game. Yeah, so he's really been filling it up uh, on the defensive side. So, again, if we're expecting a defensive effort uh, or a defensive game here, you're going to see those turnovers. You're creating turnovers with steals or or blocks and and just high-intensity defense. Um, I think those were the three guys that I was looking at. Maybe Al Horford blocks as well. Um, he did play 32 minutes last night. He did have two blocks. Um, but yeah, those were the ones that I was looking at. Uh, Delonte, what do you got for player props? Yeah, so um, similar to what we're saying, I'm on a lot of unders. I won't give them all out, but basically I want every role player for the Heat to go under, like um, except for Struess. So Martin under his points, Lowry under points, rebounds, and assists, Bam under points, and um, who else is the other one that, that plays? Duncan uh, Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of iffy on Robinson because I think that he has – he just is a bad matchup for Boston for whatever reason. So their main thing is – I mean, the scouting report on Duncan Robinson, obviously, is to run him off. The it's because their defensive communication sucks. Right. So and he so just he, comes around screens and he's right. wide he, open. And he's, be, and he's beating them back doors. So I'm like, I'm confused. So I'll probably stay away from Robinson and Struess. I like Struess over 10 and a half points. Um, he's only over in two games in the series, but he's landed 10 in both games, including last game where he finished with 10. Uh, shot well from deep on the road. He's uh, 6 to 14 from deep on the road. I think that Vincent, while he looked better, off it, well, he looked good offensively. Defensively is where they were attacking him. They were constantly putting him in pick and rolls. Mm. He was the guy that Smart was posting up to run the action on the hill. They were testing the ankle out pretty good. Um, so I think Struess has to knock down a bunch of shots. I'm glad that we brought up the game seven from last year, knowing that he's been in that big of a game. So he'll be able to at least play with a little bit more poise, especially not have success. So I like him over 10 uh, and a half points. Um uh, for the Celtics, I'm on a couple other unders too. Uh, I'll be playing uh, if Brogdon plays. I'll be on his unders. Um, I'll be on uh, Jalen Brown unders. I'm with you, Scott. I finally uh, finally seen the light. Uh, I'm on Jalen Brown unders. Although I bet him really, under. he was actually good last game. Right, and I bet him under. That's why I bet him under yeah, last okay. night. That's why. So um, I'm on his under. I'll be on Derek White unders. Uh, the only two guys I'm going over on is I'm going all over with uh, Tatum over 35. Uh, you can get some plus money on that. Uh, he's averaging 28, 9, and 5 in game 7, including 51 last game 7. Uh, he scored 26, 10, and 6 um, in the last game 7 last year uh, against Miami. He was 4 of 7 from deep. I think he's going to be involved a lot. I think they're going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Um, I also love Robert Williams, over 12.5 points, rebounds. He's over in four to six games. He spent less than 20 minutes in three of those games, so that just goes to show you his activity and usage is off the charts right now when he gets in, so he's making more of those chances. Uh, his defense is, you know, turned turn up a notch uh, since he's been back uh, with the starting on up. Well, he's, he hasn't been starting, but he's been playing with the Stars, uh, yeah. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's been relentless on the glass, so I think that motor will thrive to get him over 12.5 points. So I know that's a lot. I do want to ask, though, about Duncan, because I know that he has done very well in the series, at least better than I thought he was going to. He missed the two biggest shots of the series, arguably of his career. Do you think he actually shows up for Game 7, or do you think he's mentally fried? No, I think, I think shoot or shoot. Yeah, that's, that's my what I was mentality. About to say. Oh, I think yeah, he's going to he, shoot. shoot. I just don't think they're going to go in. I, I'm not on Duggan Robinson in Game Seven. Yeah. I, I think I'm he's going to have a visible game. To be honest, I think this has to be but, the Max Juice game. Like if they like, somebody's going to have to step up. I've roasted yeah. half the team, and I'm still picking Miami to cover. So yeah, this might be the they, random Kyle Lowry. What did he have? Like thir- was it the playing tournament game? He had like 30 plus points. Or was that in the first yeah, 30 round? against Atlanta when I took the under like six and a half? Yeah, an all in all time performance from Lowry, but. I can see Lowry having some random 12-point game or something dumb. Strews hits a couple of threes. Martin goes crazy again. The issue with Robinson's also fouls. 
get five yeah. fouls last game in 20 minutes. And, and they pick up on the every position. Side too. Yeah, yeah, he's getting hunted every position. The thing yeah. is, though, can you pick on him that easily if you're playing zone? I'm assuming Miami's going to play what, like 50% zone in this game? Boston can't well, solve the thing. Well, in game six, well, I mean, game six, last game, um, he didn't go to the zone until the end. And, no, I know. Um, I'm saying they're yeah. going to sprinkle it in more, right? They kind of have yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, but. I mean, probably been working on some stuff on the zone. I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of. I, th- I thought that in the first poison. six games of the series. Yeah, it's making adjustments. Uh-huh. Well, look. So it's it's um. So Ke- uh, Kevin O'Connor he tweeted out some stats from, sec- from uh, Second Spectrum at their effective field goal percentage and um effective field goal percentage for the zone and man to man went up since the last three games. So the first three games it was uh like pretty bad and then it rose up. I don't have the exact number. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but. You can tell that they've had more success in the past three games um, than they did, obviously, the first time, which shows he's doing a little something better. Maybe a, a Is that because of play calling, or is that because the Celtics couldn't have a shot for the first three games of the series? Like, I think it's a mixed bag. That's yeah, what I'm maybe saying. A combination, maybe a combination of both, but I mean... All I know is after get Miami went on a massive run in game six and Boston made one shot, which was the buzzer beater, in the last five minutes against the zone, I'm assuming Miami's going to play zone for at least a quarter uh, cumulatively. They have to play zone. They, yeah. they Once again, they're kind of out of moves. You look at Miami's roster. Is it a good roster? No. But the zone's been giving Boston problems, and they have to make the game ugly. The zone makes the game ugly. I think they have look, to play man, zone. I'm not I'm not counting how slow to run out of any kind of moves. Hey, did you, his presser, he was like, hey, they're ready to play right now. He, he, ready, he was ready oh, no, to go. No, no, I, I meant moves as in, like, roster moves. Like, oh, I, I don't yeah, mean the I mean, strategy. I mean the roster. Yeah. yeah, my thing is, do you think that they like so they play seven guys? So do you think that they like don't have the legs to to get those shots up to fall? That's that's my main. That's really one of the main pillars of why I like Boston so much because I think that their guys are more are more to make these like tough shots or you know contested shots, whereas a lot of Miami stuff has been wide open. And you know those guys have been hot for so long. You think they have, you know, sorry, I went off, but a, a Houston Rockets esque kind of game where they, you know, go, you know, I mean, six four, you know, twenty seven, you know, seven four thirty three. It's definitely possible, but once again, I I don't really have faith in Boston to run away with any game at this point. But I will point out, even though we talked about how, or at least I've mentioned how limited Miami's roster is. One of their main healthy guys and Kevin Love just did not see the floor at all because they know he can't guard anybody. Do you think he needs to play like 10 minutes just to give some other guys a breather? Yeah, he does. He, he gets shot. They need to get Highsmith out there. I can't believe Highsmith Bro, didn't I'm play t- a minute in game six. Man, I don't know why he didn't play a minute. He even made a three-pointer yeah. in game five. He made a three in the corner. I was shocked he made a three-pointer. Yeah. I think he played game well in six. game five. Yeah, Game 6, Tatum, Horford, and Jalen Brown were combined 0 for 14 from three-point land. It's not happening. Um, well, part was 0 for 2, so it was mostly Yeah, uh, so mostly it was uh, the two-star players, Brown and Tatum. Uh, all right, guys, let's close it out strong here for Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's get into our lock-in dog. Uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off, man? What do you got for your lock-in dog? Man, so when I seen you, you sent out a tweet. I responded to it, told you to tell Sean and Ryan to just put my whole invoice on the Boston minus seven and a half. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to put it on the seven and a half, man. Uh, I, I thought you they, meant the money line when you initially oh, tweeted no. that. No, 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 no. I want the seven and a half, man. You gotta, listen, I, I just, I think it's a great, I think it's a great situation for Boston and, and those guys. I think the confidence is there. I think that's a brutal way to lose a game. Um, I haven't seen anything like that since probably like the Ray Allen shot, and that was to send it into overtime, and then they won. The so, Ronald Test put back against the Suns. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That too. Um, that, that wasn't with a shot to go to the NBA finals, yeah, like right there too. though. Yeah, yeah, but you really and, want and to the, talk? About, it's probably the Heat like, stuff was in the finals, right? I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of what to even compare it to. Like, I can't compare it to the Robert Ory shot. 
John Stockton, 1997, when he hit that three against the Rockets to send him to the NBA Finals. There was still time left on the clock. You can make an argument that that's like the most heartbreaking loss of all time. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's really you can see that you can see the arena like everybody's jacked up. And even after, um, I mean, I watch a lot of the TNT broadcasts. Like some of those fans are still there, like in the arena. Like it was still, yeah. Like they were shot. Like I would have still been there. Right. No, I they're seen, still they're, they're going to be there for Game Three of the NBA Finals. That's what they're they're still there for. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, so no, I thought you were saying they were there for the watch party <laughs> in Game One when they have to travel. To oh yeah, that, yeah, that too. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I think I think Boston is going to get it done here. Um, behind the big performance from Taylor, he, he performs big in these games. He got off the hook. Okay, he didn't perform well in the second half at all. And I'm not not many people are going to talk about it, obviously, because they won. But he wasn't good in the second half. And I, like Scott said, I think both of us have, have been behind. The, you cannot sit Tatum in the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, because oh, that's going Miami. To. Get excited. He's going to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm, going to, I'm going to Tatum and telling him, look, you got to play all 48. Sorry. You, you, what Why is it, 24? Tatum? It's Missoula. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm tell- well, somebody's got to tell him, like, look, bro, you playing all 48. I'm sorry. You. I don't. I don't care what it, what's going on. You got to play all forty-eight, and uh, so I like Boston a lot. Minus seven and a half um, for the dog. I'm going to go with. So I'm going with a couple of uh, player matchups. These are on DraftKings. Uh, I'm not sure if they're listed anywhere else yet. So just be sure to shop around. Don't just go off numbers that I got. So I'm going with Matt Struess plus two ten to score more points than Derek White. I think that Shrews is going to have a bigger impact on the game than White will. I mostly think that the Stars are going to basically carry Boston to a victory. And if it gets out of hand, I think Boston will, you know, rest those guys up. Let's say if they're up 17-18 in the fourth quarter, you know, four or five minutes to go. I'm pretty sure they Missoula might pull them a little bit sooner than what Spo would. So um, I, I like Shrews to get – uh, a 15-16 point game, and I think Derek White has, you know, a 12 or 13 point game. Um, and also, uh, I like Marcus Smart to score more points than Caleb Martin. You can get plus 105 on that. Also, um, I think Marcus, I think Marcus Smart's performed well in game sevens. He's he's been shooting it well from deep. Um, and if Brogdon is compromised or if he's out again, the ball's going to be in is in, in his hands um, initiating offense. So um, I like Smart. Plus 105 over Caleb Martin in points and Struess plus 210 over Derek White uh, in points. You can find those at DraftKings. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Lock and dog. All right. Uh, so for my lock, I got a couple. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami plus the points. I don't trust Boston enough, uh, simply put. I just think three possessions is way too many in a series where we've seen a clash between talent and coaching. And even though I do think the talent will win out because I had Boston in seven. I do think Spolster finds a way to hang around, and I think this game's interesting. I don't see it being a route. I think this game's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be really ugly. Some of these offensive possessions in the final couple of minutes are going to be disgusting to watch, but I'm going to go with the under uh, for the game as well. I'm not going to say that that's a lock, but I feel pretty good about it. But I'm gonna, for the actual side in total, that'll be my uh, lean there for Miami plus the 7.5. My player prop lock's going to be Jimmy Butler over 28.5 points. Simply put, he's going to play every minute of the game, and I think that he's the volume's going to be insane. That's my favorite lock uh, for the actual play. I like the Heat more at eight. Now it's at seven and a half. I don't have the push draw on there, but I think Butler's going to go over. I think he found something in the final couple minutes. Boston let him go one-on-one the entire time. He'll flop his way into free throws, and he'll end up hitting some shots. So I think Butler goes over. My my dog was going to be Butler 30-plus points. I thought about maybe an alt line there. Uh, at a small plus price. But my main dog is going to be a pretty big one, actually. It's going to be Caleb Martin, 10-plus rebounds at plus 320. Yeah, I he like that. He had 15 rebounds last game. He played 41 minutes. Yeah. I said before with Bam kind of no-showing in the last couple games offensively, and even Butler having some bad games, Martin's been arguably their second-best player in the entire series. He played 41 minutes in Game 6. Is Caleb Martin about to play 45 minutes in a game seven? Is that going to happen? He played 41, didn't he? he played in 41 game in game six. Yeah. I mean, he only played, I mean, they only played seven guys and they played Taylor two minutes. So, I mean, I'm just asking though, with Martin putting up 20, what do you have? 21 and 15 in game six. Are we about to get a 45 minute Caleb Martin game in game seven? Hey, hey hear me out before you, before, before we end this and move on. 
hear me out. Caleb Martin is 35 to 1 to win Eastern Conference MVP. Stop it. Listen, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Listen real quick. Listen real quick. If they if Miami wins, so Caleb Martin is 18, 5, and 2 in the series. 18 of 39 from deep, 42 of 72 from the field. He's plus 19 in the series. Jimmy's minus two. And I listened to Brian Windhorse podcast this morning. Uh Tim uh Tim McMahon, uh Bon Temps, uh, and Windhorse, all are voters, of course. And they all said that they were looking to like they, they were obviously, you know, thinking that Miami is gonna win. So uh I think it was I think it was Bontemp said he had a text from Bur- Doris Burke and was like, Well, who you vote for for Eastern Conference, you know, final MVP? And they said Caleb Martin. All four of them said Caleb Martin. I mean, obviously it's a small sample size of the vote, but that just goes to show you what they're thinking. I mean, if he has a Let's say if he has a big game, like you say, if he plays 45 minutes, has 28, 29 points. Butler is, you know, so so 25, 5 and 5 or whatever. I mean, it's a shot. It's a shot in the dark. It's but. it's a shot, but the way that I look at it, if Miami's going to win this game, Butler's going for 30 or 35. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think Butler has to play well I, I mean, that's if good. Miami's going to win. But it's 35 to 1. I get your point. I think it's worth a shot. I think it's worth a shot. A flyer, maybe, but it's not worth a shot for you because you're taking Boston to win the game anyway. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, but like, I still would put, I still would put like, you know, 50, 60 bucks on it. Just, I get it. But to to go back to my point, Martin for 10 plus rebounds at plus 320 when he just had 15. And once again, he's going to play north of 40 minutes. He might play 45. He's been that good in this series. 10 plus rebounds at plus 320. Like, you can make an argument even for some ladder opportunities. Is there, I got to see if there's like a, I got to see what the price is on like 12 plus rebounds or 14 plus rebounds. I'm not sure he's going to get there, but 12 plus rebounds is plus 750. Really? I think you would rather play the double double at plus 370 if you're going to play the plus 320 at 10 rebounds. I'd rather take the rebounds. Because I do think a part of me thinks maybe he regresses and he can't hit a shot at all in his first game seven. So that's kind of the hedge there with what Delonte said. Maybe the role players struggle in the big moment. Maybe Martin struggles or maybe Boston actually game plans for him. But the rebounds are just effort, and I'm expecting a rock fight. So give me the guy who had 15 rebounds and crashed the glass to get 10 at plus 320. Okay. Um, I was just looking at so. If you think Miami's going to win this game, you should probably just take Jimmy Butler to win Eastern Conference MVP. That's at plus 290 instead of a plus 265 on the money line. And then, like Delonte was mentioning, play the plus uh, the 25 or 35 to one on the, on the Caleb Martin uh, angle as well. Once again, I understand the Martin angle. It kind of reminds me of the Raptors title. I don't want to spend that much time because we're over an hour. It mm-hmm. reminds me of Van Vliet versus Kwai. For the NBA yeah. Finals MVP. Van Vliet had a kid, shot what, like 98% from three? He couldn't miss a shot the entire series. And yeah. people were arguing like, you know, Van Vliet, he's been yeah. good. And so I think one person voted for him. And everyone mm-hmm. else is like, no, it's going to Kawhi. It's going to the best yeah. player. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, for my lock, I'm on Miami as well. Give me the plus seven and a half. I think that uh, I I do think Boston does win the game. But I think that this will probably be a, a three to five point victory. I had Boston, Boston by five. Celtics. That was my yeah. thought. Yeah. So um, again, within outside of three possessions, I'm taking the Boston Celtics. Oh, sorry, the Miami Heat here. Tally say within the number. Do I think they win outright? Would I be shocked if they did? No. Uh, but I do think that Boston, uh, the just the talent right now is it's outdueling uh, the Miami, especially over the last three games. So uh, I'll take the Miami Heat plus seven and a half. And the for my dog, Derek White uh, points. Sorry, or steals and rebounds. Um, Sorry, steals and blocks. I'm sorry. Steals and blocks is at two and a half at plus 150. Uh, I'll take the over on that. Three out of the last four games, he's gone over this projection. Uh, In some form or fashion, he's done it. Uh, The last game, game six, he had uh, three blocks for the Boston Celtics. Prior to that, uh, two steals, one block. And then uh, the other game, I think, was two steals and a block as well. So he's gone over this projection in... Um, through the last four games, and again, if we're expecting this to be a defensive fi- uh, a defensive game here, uh, we're going to see the turnovers. We're going to see the uh, defensive efforts. Um, I'm going to go with that, and then also do like the um, 
think it was a Caleb Martin rebounds, like you just mentioned as well there, Scott. 10 plus, plus that, plus 350. Yeah. You, you can get plus 350 on uh, FanDuel. I'm sorry, okay. on uh, DraftKings. Fair enough. I'll definitely have that in some type of parlay or something. I do want to ask you, though, if yeah. you do think Miami's got a shot to win the game, mm-hmm. Miami to trail by 10-plus points and win the game, plus 700. Yeah, you got to sprinkle on it. That's when they play the best basketball, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the only way they win. Yep. Uh, wait, wait, what do you ask? What's Boston? What is that for Boston? For, for, for them to be down 10 and win the game? Uh, that is 5-1. to one. I might take a shot on that. I just don't think Boston's going to be trailing by 10 at any point. So, yeah. Man, you never know. It's the Boston Celtics. That's the point. That's why they get up to a lead and they choke it. It would so have to be why. early if, if if they get down uh, yeah. do the Boston Celtics. Actually, I take it back. Boston 10 plus and win is plus 430. Uh, never mind. Okay. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Leave it to the NBA Gambling Podcast to go one hour and five minutes on one game for the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. But, hey, uh, that's why we are one of the best, if not the best, in the business uh, do, do we know what NBA. the schedule is for next week, by the way? I know that the finals start Thursday. Do we have an yeah, idea? Yeah, so we'll probably recap. Uh, maybe uh, Tuesday we'll come back with a recap and then uh, preview the NBA finals. And then we'll probably do a Wednesday, like a prop show, um, discussing like player props, season series prop bets. And then uh, we'll get into game one. I think either on Wednesday or we could do it on Thursday. But uh, we'll have content uh, leading up to the NBA playoffs. Oh, sorry, to the NBA Finals game one, which will be on Thursday, whether that's between the um, Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat. Uh, so so stay tuned. We also do have a prop contest uh, that we're uh, putting out there for the NBA Finals. So uh, it'll be on the SGPN app. We're just ironing out the details. It should be uh, ready to go tomorrow for everybody to sign up, but it'll be exclusively on the SGPN app. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, buddy? Not really. Uh, looking forward to Game 7. Uh, hopefully uh, we have a good game, and hopefully uh, the finals will live up to whatever we just witnessed in the last couple of days in the NBA. Tough act to follow from how the Celtics series has gone, but hopefully it turns into a fun finals, regardless of who's in it. Uh, besides that, though, got the tennis podcast French Open. Did my outrights episode yesterday. Going to do the episode for every round, so there will be a lot of tennis episodes for the next couple of weeks. And besides that, yeah, keeping busy. I know NFL is also going to ramp up our coverage, so we're looking forward to the NFL Gambling Podcast. And, yeah, find me on Twitter, Rush Show Radio. Yep. Uh, Lante, anything else? Uh, no, nah, man, I got an article coming out tomorrow, Game 7 uh, preview, so I'll be speaking on some of the things that we all uh, talked about and a little bit deeper dive into some of the things that I'm looking forward to, uh, to well, well, things that I'm looking forward to seeing and uh, how I'm projecting the game to go. But uh, that'll be out tomorrow morning, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but other than that, man, yeah, looking forward to Game 7 and continuing to try to put out some wins. That's about it. All right. Before we get out of here, I got to give you guys the um, double – or not the double, the edge boost play of the day for the Game 7. I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo over on his rebounds at 9.5. Um, again, if we are expecting him to play – 45 plus minutes can't trust him to get the points but i definitely think that he can get at least 10 rebounds over nine and a half right now on DraftKings at minus 125 so again edge boost double down play of the day bam out of bio over nine and a half rebounds for game seven of the nba uh sorry for the game seven of the eastern conference finals i thought guys they did that already because he already put his entire invoice on the celtics minus seven and a half oh yeah there you go um (laughs) all right guys make sure to smash that like button before you guys get out of here uh for those of you watching live if you haven't already subscribed to the nba gambling podcast whether that's on youtube uh that's on uh spotify whether it's on apple Podcasts, wherever you do listen to your pods uh nba finals uh content all throughout the week so stay tuned in with us uh, till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.